return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Uh, If you did, open it for a second. Now open it up. Now look at your neighbors and look and see if it looks used at all. Look at your neighbors. It should be the book that's used the most in your house, read the most, believed the most, of course. Uh, This is not fake news. This This is the real deal. So this is all good stuff to believe in your heart every day. Amen? Okay, so say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Of course, I know some of you were at the game last night, and, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of a quiet game, but uh, I didn't see anybody walk out because of the noise. Uh, I just saw people, my son-in-law, Joey, had his watch, and it started flashing loud, loud atmosphere and so forth, and I thought, indeed, it was, so it was... uh, uh, fun to be there, and uh, I, I enjoy those things, but I really enjoy being excited for Jesus, Amen. really enjoy that. So we're just going to piggyback again from what we have been sharing. Randon had shared on Wednesday night, and then we have last week, and now tonight, Reaching Your World. But First John chapter 2, a scripture we shared last week, but he says that uh, he gave himself for our sins, not ours only, but, but also the sins of the whole world. So you've not got to think about this. The sins of the whole world, Jesus gave himself for everybody because he loves everybody. Uh, he was not an American. <laughs> this is not an American book. It's a cultural book. If you're joining us from other countries and so forth, we welcome you joining us. Some, some have joined it from Nigeria, so we bless Nigeria in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? We bless the African countries in the name of Jesus. We bless India. We bless the Middle East. Somebody joined us from Saudi Arabia. God bless you for joining us. And uh, we're glad that you can just be in our service today. And we just love Jesus. And we love you. And he loves you. <laughs> Got a great plan for your life. So he died for everybody, amen? When you see people, if you hear people or see people on the news, understand he died for them as well as you. If you see somebody that really irritates you, makes you upset, just realize Jesus died for them. Just realize Jesus loves them, amen? And, and he has a great plan for their life as well, and that is to follow him. 
Now, most of us, most of us uh, learn about Jesus. Most of us learn about Jesus through a friend. I mean, I thank God for crusade events and big events and so forth. But most people are going to learn about Jesus through a friend, through somebody else. There were friends that talked to me about Jesus. I remember being at Howard Wood Field for, uh, it was an associate of Billy Graham called Leighton Ford. And somehow I ended up in this football stadium, so I felt comfortable in the stadium. But I didn't feel comfortable with the message. And I remember I was about row 20 or 25 or whatever, up high. And then there was an altar call, and I felt like a pheasant in the ditch. I was just hiding, you know. I thought maybe they could see me, just like a spotlight was on me. I knew my life wasn't right with God, and yet I wasn't going to go forward. <laughs> I wasn't going to do anything like that, you know. We didn't do that when I growing up in our church, you know. So, so, uh, uh, but I was so glad just to be there and to have that witness. What is that? Planting seeds, right? You plant seeds. We all know you can plant a seed, and you don't immediately see a plant, probably, right? It's, it's, it's just the seed is in the ground. And you pray, and you water it, you hope that it grows. And it does in many, many cases. You know, the Holy Spirit is always working. We don't see the Holy Spirit, but like the wind, you see the effects of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is working around us. There are angels all around us right now. And, and God will motivate us to do things for his glory. Amen. When I think of angels, I just thought back to that one trip of India. We were talking in the Holy Spirit and then took that, some a pastor's wife took a picture from the back of this dark little room. They were trying to establish a church in this, in this section of this a city and almost everybody was Hindu. And yet... Uh, when they, when they sent the picture, they said, you have to see this. And here was a bright image between, now Jeannie was behind us, and here was a bright image uh, between me and our interpreter, and then down, even down the side of a pulpit of someone standing there. It was like, oh boy, we didn't see anybody, but just talking on the Holy Spirit. No, that's okay. That's, that's <laughs> uh, you know, and then the next day we were going to, we were ministering to people, and I thought, we don't have time to pray for everybody. And we said that, sorry, we had to get back to the city. We're in a rural area. And, and um, um, at any rate, we closed the meeting. I just, just blessed people corporately. We we're talking to leaders. And I just had a tug in my heart, like, oh, man, I wish we could stay here. And of course, we usually always pray for everybody, you know. And uh, so someone took my briefcase, and there was a little tiny door off the side of the platform. So it's like the little door you have to kind of get through like this and stuff. So they saw me going toward that little door. And everybody went around outside, around the building, and I got outside. And, of course, there's a little strip of concrete next to the building. And I got trapped by people. And, and uh, so there was a village man there with a big bloody tumor on his neck. And this guy showed up and he said, pray for this man. And so I put my hand, not on the tumors, bloody, but I put my hand on his head, prayed for him. He was obviously just somebody working in the rice fields or maybe a, a sheep herder or something. And then from there on, he kept pointing out people. So I'm standing there and he pointed to a lady with the baby. This baby's got this. This lady's got this. This man's got this. And I just kept walking on the sidewalk. Now I had no shoes on, so I had to get back to the other side of the building to get my shoes but he kept pointing everybody out. And uh, uh, he knew everything about everybody. And uh, as we prayed, it was pretty, 
pretty shocking, pretty amazing. In fact, it's all happening so fast, you know. Only once we got back into our vehicle to drive to the city, I realized who was that, what was going on there, you know. God cares about people. He cares about people. He cares about their needs. And we thought, or, or the people leading us thought, no time. But God said, no, there's going to be some time today for these people with these needs for this prayer. It was a remarkable, remarkable event. Most people hear about Jesus through somebody else. Somebody shared with you at some point in time. Someone talked to you. Someone said his name. Someone invited you. Here you are today, or maybe you're in some other place around the world. But at any rate, those were seeds planted. In the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, Andrew, uh, Billy Graham calls, he's called it Operation Andrew. But Andrew, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and it says, uh, uh, the two of them, they heard John speak, Andrew, Peter's brother. He first found his own brother. So Andrew finds Peter, his own brother, says, we found the Messiah, translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and says, you're the Simon, son of Jonah, you should be called Cephas, which is translated as stone. Andrew found Peter, and he brought him. Notice he found him, he brought him to Jesus. We're not bringing people to like, like a denomination, we're bringing people to Jesus, right? And, and you're finding people that might be just... Uh, could be a relative, could be someone you know, could be a co-worker, could be a family member, but you're bringing them to Jesus. I, minister, I, I witnessed to all my brothers that time after I, after I got saved, none of them liked me because my life changed. And for a period of years, they would criticize me, sometimes cuss at me, say bad things about me to my face and behind my back. Uh, uh, so, so, but we kept talking to them about Jesus. Say Jesus. He is the answer. He is what the world needs today. He is the only one who's died for everybody's sins and his plan is to give life to them. So, so the message has to be Jesus. Amen? We shared last week, Mark chapter 1, we shared last week that Jesus uh, calling the disciples and he sees Simon and Andrew and then he says, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. So, so remember the disciples were first followers. So, so you want to just give, you know, you're just giving invitations, right? You're engaging the fish. We talked last week, you have to engage the fish. If you're going to catch fish, you've got to go where the fish are at. So you're not fishing in your bathtub. And you're also, you can have all the information and all the knowledge and be fully equipped. And you look like, you look like a fisherman, but you're not fishing until you actually fish. Much of the body of Christ is church attenders. And that's it. They're not engaging fish. They haven't become fishers of men. So they're content to be born again. They're content to be saved. They're content like, well, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Sometimes people say, bless, bless us for and no more. You know, they're not worried about the rest of the world. But the rest of the world needs Jesus. And our job, the reason we're still here, the reason that we're here as people is to be as representatives. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you represent Jesus. Amen. So you are a direct representative. You are a direct family member of Jesus Christ. You are a direct family member of Jesus Christ. And your job and my job is to engage other people 
and to introduce them, to invite them, to tell them about Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, that involves, it's like when you're fishing, you use bait, right? So certain kind of fish, you're going to use certain kind of bait. So it's, remember now, it's the bait that the fish like. <laughs> it's not the bait that you like. It's the bait that the fish like. So you're around people. Like, let's look, uh, put up there a second, 1 Corinthians 9 a second. You're around people and uh, to minister to them with the bait that they're interested in. And that could be like last night at a game, at a football game. Okay, that's bait for some people, right? So they're interested in that, or they're interested in sports. So they could be interested in hunting or fishing, or uh, Luke, uh, I saw a post or something, you guys had, had did some things and so forth, and said you could help other young people, mentor young people, uh, hunting and stuff like that. Well, you engage people where they're at. What are their interests? What are they like? Paul said, you know, he says, I, I'm free, and yet I've made myself a servant to all. And the purpose, of course, is to win people, you know. If he's, if he's around Jews, he's like Jews. Or if he's around those under the law, then he's like those under the law. That he could win them. All right? He's not, he's not believing all those things. He's free from all those things, but he's trying to win people. Amen? Go to the next verses there a second. 1 Corinthians 9. And he says... Uh, uh, says, I want to win those that are without the law. I became weak. I became weak. Uh, to all the, the whole point is to win people. Using bait to reach other people. Amen? Yeah. I have become... Now, this is what you should underline here. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Well, it's, first of all, we don't live in the book of Numbers, and we're not the Savior, so that's up to Him. But we hope that some people will get saved. Because why? Because you are bringing a message of hope and love to them. Now, what the world needs is a message of hope and love. The world, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. So Jesus never came with a negative message. Even the whole message of repentance is to turn to the one who can give you life, you know. So it's not a beat-down message. It's a good message. That's why it's a happy church. Amen. So he says, I've become all things to all men that some might get saved. And I do this for the gospel's sake, right? But that I may partake of it with you. So we're working together as a team. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're on the same team. Any believer, every believer on this team should be doing, should be endeavoring to do these things. We're trying to win converts or make disciples of Jesus Christ. So we're not making converts of our church or denomination. And that's where a lot of the world is at. Many of you here are studying at SDSU. And so, many from other countries even. So you're going to leave here someday with your degree. And you're not going to find another church called the Tabernacle like this. We haven't cloned a bunch of other churches. What are you going to do? You're going to follow Jesus you're going to follow the Holy Spirit, and you're going to find a place that's alive unto God. Yeah. We want people to be excited about Him. Amen? Yeah. So, so I've become all things to all people. And so I'm using this bait, or I'm using lures, or you can say techniques, or whatever it is, to try to reach other people. We're using social media here, so other people can hear us online, of course. But we use that all the time. My wife is always using that, connecting with people around the world, but also in the United States. Yeah. 
And she connects with people, so, so she's not online blasting a political agenda, because that will totally separate her from other people. But she's online declaring the love of Jesus. And so consequently, people contact her who are in other lifestyles, who are in a variety of political parties and different associations and so forth. They contact her because they sense the love of Jesus Christ. And they'll ask her for prayer or ask her for input or something like that. And of course, what a wonderful thing is just to direct them to Jesus. The neat thing is you can tell somebody through social media about Jesus and he's there where they're at. Amen. I mean, I might not physically be there, but there, but he's there. Someone could think, well, I don't know. Is that really true? Jesus, reveal yourself. He's there. Boom. He's everywhere. Wherever a person calls on the name of the Lord, wherever someone looks to the Lord, he's there at that very moment. He responds. He responds when we call him, call, uh, talk to him, call him, and so forth. He, he just loves that. So we use a variety of things. Paul did this to try to reach people. One of the things we started at SDSU years ago was the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Peggy's husband was one of those leaders. And so what was the point of it? It wasn't to have a fellowship of athletes. The point of it was to have a fellowship of Christian athletes, right? The point of it was to use athletics as a tool to tell others about Jesus Christ. When I got saved, I was invited in those days. We could go into public schools, invited into public schools, gave assembly programs, talked to people about drugs, alcohol, and Jesus. <laughs> Just using it as a tool, right? A tool to engage others. Or years ago, uh, more so, uh, now it's in other countries, but the full gospel businessmen. And what was, it, what was it there for? To engage business people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or there was the Christian Businessmen Association, there to engage people with the intent to introduce them to Jesus Christ. And there would be a dinner or lunch and someone would give a testimony. There's a point to that, amen? You could be a farmer and so forth and trying to reach out to farmers. Like Bill will come here tonight and, and Bill's daddy, who we knew well, and he was here many, many years. We had his funeral here, Henry. But his ministry trans uh, kind of took some turns and so forth where he became noted to have barn revivals, which, which is because a farmer got saved who was a farmer and had a barn and said, well, just come do a meeting here. And they did. And people sat on bales and they started reaching farmers. Bait. Now, that farmer wasn't maybe going to go to something else. But someone else said, hey, you want to come over? There's a, there's a barn meeting over here. What? There's a barn meeting. We go to the barn meeting. There's all kinds of things. I was in uh, Luke's, him and his dad, their boat. And I don't know how many lures you have. Hundreds. Sizes and colors and shapes and so forth like that. All kinds of things for all kinds of fish, for all kinds of weather, for all kinds of situations. You know, think, think outside of the box. Think outside of the box, you know, as far as how you want to reach people. Our son was, a, was a, a, a supervisor in a business and so forth. And he was trying to motivate these people, this team in sales and so forth. But he would, he would bring them donuts. 
Well, everybody likes donuts, right? Huh, thanks, boy, thanks. He'd bring him donuts, and then they'd, he'd give him a talk, and he'd give him a pep talk, and he'd give him encouragement, and so forth. See, all kinds of things. He had a car that we had uh, that, that uh, we, yeah, we, we had uh, passed on to him. So we have our cars. Usually we pass our cars on to our kids and stuff. So as this car, and it was a nice, it was a nice Honda. Now it's an older Honda. So he was getting a different car. And so there was another leader in this company, and the guy said, well, I, I'd, be, I'd buy your car. Now, this guy was not a Christian, but the condition, Ryan said, okay, well, yeah, okay. Price was right and so forth. But here's the condition. The guy said, what's that? And he says, well, there's five CDs in this CD changer of my dad preaching. <laughs> and he said, I won't sell it to you unless you listen to them all. The guy thought, well, okay. <laughs> and he did. And he come back and say, well, I heard this message, and he said, I heard this, he said this, you know. But that was his condition. Call it bait or whatever, but the guy bought the car and he listened to the CDs. There's all kinds of things in life. Some people, they're just interested in things. What are you interested in? Well, take your interest and, and transfer that to others in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Always understand that within the bait is a hook. Right? So you're not just throwing the hook at the fish. And he's going, well, I'm not interested in that. But I am interested in the bait. So you always put the bait on the hook. It's disguised so that the fish comes and eats it. All right, kind of blunt terms. But that's how the gospel, you're presenting Jesus Christ in a way that you can reach people. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated. So, in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, Jesus said, as you, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus sent you. Now, where is he sending you? He's sending you into the world. I think it's specific, as we talked today about reaching your world, we could say we're reaching the world, which is a broad, broad tent. Let's put it in your world. Reach your world. So Jesus is, has sent us. It's not, not, this isn't a prayer thing even. It's not like, Lord, if you want to send me, show me. No, just read the word. He did it. It's a done deal. Right? It's a done deal. It's not like, you know, someone one time said, I don't really feel led to kind of be a witness and so forth. And I'm thinking, well, then you're not led by the Holy Spirit. Because that is what we do as a believer. You, you automatically are a witness. Jesus said, be witnesses unto me. So he has sent us in the world. And then that Jesus said, I don't pray just for these, but I'm going to pray for those who will believe on me through their word. Turn to your neighbor and say, your word's powerful. <laughs> or we can say, your witness is powerful. So, so he's, Jesus is praying. Think about this. When you witness or you talk to somebody, you send a text, Jesus is praying that that person will believe because of what you texted. And I'm talking about believing in Jesus, right? I'm talking about being drawn closer to the Lord. So, so without him, we can't do anything. We need his power. But without us, it limits the Holy Spirit. He needs us. He needs us. If, if that weren't the case, we could just get saved, hallelujah, go to heaven, and he'd just keep doing what he wants to do. He'd do it all. But he needs us. God chose to love this world 
through the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, and He's chosen to reach this world through believers in Jesus Christ. That's what He's chosen to do. That we, as His people, can turn this world right side up. <laughs> people can say, oh, this world's terrible, it's going to hell. Yeah, I agree, let's do something. <laughs> Let's do something about it. Well, what we're doing about it is broadcasting the good news about Jesus Christ. So that's, that's, that's the message. That's what we want to do in this church. That's what you want to do in your life. That's how you want to use your social media and so forth. Amen? So, John 1 again. Let me hurry with some scriptures here a second. So, Peter and Andrew were in the same city as Philip and so forth. So, in John 1, Jesus goes there, he finds Philip, he says, follow me. Again, they were followers first, then they became believers. Philip was from Peseda, the same city as Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel. Underline the word found him. He's going along, he meets Nathaniel, and he just says, we have found him who Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We found this guy that we would call the son of God. And all is he saying... Uh, 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 I like this. You know, he finds them, but it's basically just come and see. Turn to your neighbor and say, come and see. Let's say, let's say it another way. Just say, check it out. Let's, let's just check it out. Let's just see what happens, right? So, so the, message, the message is non-offensive. It's an invitation. It's not spooky. I, I just have to think all the time. Don't be spooky. By spooky, I mean like you're super religious and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and they're going to think, the Holy Ghost? The Holy what? You know, I mean, you're just, you're just, you're just normal. Try to act normal, <laughs> right? Just, just be normal. It, you're just personal. You're giving an invitation. You're starting a conversation. That's what Jesus did at the woman of the well. Go to John chapter 4. The woman comes to the well and so forth, and he starts a conversation, and Jesus said, give me a drink. Very, very simple thing. You can say, how's your day going? But you can engage someone it's, it, in businesses or other places, and, and if they're working, they don't have time to talk a lot, but you can engage them with the message that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Saw a guy the other day working at a business. I've seen this man before. He's usually kind of up and so forth and, and uh, so forth. But as I went by him, he was not up. He was down. And I stopped and I just said, you know what? Jesus really loves you. And he never said a word. But he just, his eyes just kind of penetrated me like, what? Well, that's a good message. Amen. It's a good message to tell people that. Now listen, I can leave, but the Holy Ghost is still working in his heart. I can leave, but Jesus is still praying that he turns. That's just scripture, right? So I, I just I planted a seed, but Jesus is praying for those who you talk to, who you plant seeds with, right? It's just, uh, this is a normal, friendly conversation. Although she was a Samaritan, didn't expect him as a Jew to talk to her. But it's just the same. Jesus started the conversation and let it go from there. Right? And when it gets down to verses uh, 16 and following and so forth, it was just saying that Jesus said, call your husband. The woman said, I don't have a husband. He said, well, that's true. You've had five husbands. Now you're living with the guy who's not your husband. So, so what happened? The conversation evolved from there. 
said, give me something to drink. You know, she says, I don't have a, you don't have a, a well or a bucket or anything like that. And then he says, call your husband. It was just a conversation. We all can do that, amen? We can have conversations with people. Now, sometimes you just know right away that conversation is going nowhere. Okay, that's fine. Started a conversation. But you never know. We were at a, we were at a place, I don't know if I said this before, but we were at, at, out with somebody a while back, and, and we said to the waiter, like, is there anything we can pray for? No, no, it's fine. It's, everything's going fine. Young person, probably 20s. And, uh, uh, and then later on, the person came back and said, I did think of something you can pray for. <laughs> and we prayed for him. Now, yeah, I mean, it, it, sound, it would sound like a uh, very natural sort of thing. But he was going on this hunting trip for, uh, with his bow and arrow for a trophy, uh, to get a trophy deer and so forth, and just wanted prayer. And they said, well, we'll pray for you. And we did right there. In the name of Jesus. You know, folks, God cares about what you're doing. He cares about what you're doing in life. I mean, we can all think, well, boy, he doesn't care about those things. He doesn't care about that. He cares about everything you're doing. He's that personal. Jesus loves you. Cares about, of course, we think of the basics, food, clothes, and shelter. Everything that people need, he cares about. What we're doing, our jobs, our families, our children, our grandchildren. Jesus cares about people. Go to the book of James a second. Don't think in the, don't, when you think of the Bible, don't think of these people that are walking around like they're just anointed and they know all these things. You know, I've been in meetings like that, <laughs> countless meetings for Jeannie and I, you know, and you see the, the man of God and he's just parading here and he just hears God. And I think, spooky. You know, Jesus was never that way. All they're doing is creating an image. That's all they're doing is creating an image. Somehow, he really hears from God. He's hearing them right now. Something's going on right now. Spooky. Folks, we don't ever act that way. Why? Because Jesus didn't act that way. You take a guy like Elijah, who prayed and it didn't rain. For, what, two and a half years or whatever. And then he prayed again. And it did rain. But Elijah had the same physical, mental, spiritual limitations and shortcomings that every one of us has. He was a guy that got hungry. He was a guy that got discouraged. He was a guy that was depressed, was willing to die. He faced all these things. He was a normal person. Turn to someone and say, just like you. <laughs> We should not put people up here. The people, men and women of the Bible are there, highlighted and so forth, in many ways, just simply because they obeyed God. That's why. That's what you would do, right? Yeah. Amen? <laughs> but we put people up there like there's really, oh, they're really somehow here. You want to be in a place to understand God uses normal people like us, Normal prayers. You don't have to shout, push, poke, or anything like that. Prayers of faith, trusting God, and He answers them. And He does. He does. I've been amazed at times where I felt nothing. <laughs> and then God did some amazing things. Sometimes you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's really wonderful. And it's wonderful. And didn't see anything. 
lady, when one of the meetings we were at came, she was a pastor's wife and came incognito to this meeting because their denomination did not believe in healing or anything like that, but heard we were in this service and thought, I need prayer because I have breast cancer. And I need prayer. Of course, their church wasn't going to pray for her. So she came in. We, at the end of the time, we prayed for healings and stuff. Prayed for her. And the next week, someone called me to say, did you hear about Pastor so-and-so? And I said, I don't even know Pastor so-and-so. This was somebody up in Watertown. And so I, I, don't, I don't know that person. He said, oh, yeah, I know you prayed for him and his wife. I said, really? No, that, that was this and this couple. And I said, oh, okay. Great. They said, no, but she went back to the doctor and she was healed. Totally healed. So she was going in for breast cancer surgery, had a large tumor and Watertown Hospital. And they started, they prepped her for surgery and the, the doctor was touching her and so forth. And he said, what happened to you? She said, what do you mean? She said, woman, I can't find any tumor at all. No tumor whatsoever. I thought, wow. Now we were praying for, for this couple. I never felt a thing. She had shingles on her leg that was just, just uh, her, she had pants on, but with shingles on her leg, just, just red and very bad, had had it for a while, and it all disappeared overnight. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, we can't do that, but he can. And when you pray to him, you're invoking the presence of God to touch people. And he does that through, through any of us. You don't have to feel something. You can say, well, I prayed for her, I didn't feel a thing. You don't have to feel a thing. It's just the fact that you're praying for someone in the name of Jesus. Biblical things, healing, salvation, whatever. You're praying that and he, he will work. He hears your prayers for your life. Amen. It's not complicated. Even today, just worship the Lord. You know, well, that's not complicated. Tell, tell someone it's not complicated. It's, not, it's just normal stuff. Just, just normal things. Okay. So be, be normal. Say be normal. Okay. 1 Peter 3, 5. Be ready. Be ready. All right? So 1 Peter says, uh, in your hearts, revere Christ. Be prepared. Be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason of hope that's in you. With gentleness and respect. I like that. <laughs> so you have to be ready. I've been caught off guards before, and I just thought, oh, that was what a great opportunity, and I missed it. Because I was too busy. I, I you know hurrying along, and miss the opportunity that was just golden opportunity. But how sweet it is to have a word in season for somebody. So, so say, be ready. Yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 15 says you've got to have your shoes on. So spiritually, your shoes are on so you're ready to go. Right? It's all about being ready for you're going out. You think, well, I'm, I'm just going to go to, I'm going to the store. I'm going to high V. Okay, be ready. <laughs> Be ready for who you might see. All right, next thing is be kind and nice. Galatians 5, got the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Everything about the Holy Spirit is kind and nice. Everything about God is kind and nice. He is nice and kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Everything he is is that way. God is never speaking a negative word toward you or anybody. So I want you to know that. He's never prophesying, and this will happen, and so those bad stuff. No, no, no. He's not doing that. Amen. He's always speaking something that's good. Even for Peter, when he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times, he didn't condemn Peter. He just says, I just pray for your, that your faith would not fail. Like, hang in there, Peter. 
So, so the fruit, just, just say again, say be kind and nice. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Say, be yourself. Paul says, I'm, I'm an apostle. He was called later after the other apostles and so forth. He called himself the least of the apostles because he persecuted the church, all that stuff. But notice what he says. I am what I am by the grace of God. You have to be yourself. You can't be somebody else. You shouldn't try to be somebody else. Don't try to act like somebody else. A lot of ministers try to act like some other minister. This is, this is what they do and they're anointed and so forth. No, no, don't do that. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> That's what you're doing when we, when we uh, talk to people. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Just, just be yourself. Just be friendly. It might seem unconventional. That's okay. Right? You're buying somebody a, a Coke or something like that. Be yourself. Uh, uh, the next thing put down says, be prepared for opportunity and opposition. Jesus said in in John 15, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. So you should be prepared for that. I'm not ignorant of the enemy and the fact that God told us to wear the full armor of God. There's a reason I should have the full armor of God on, right? There's a reason a player on the sidelines, when they send him in, isn't running in without a helmet or without shoulder pads. I mean, they'd be saying, wait, 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 you're not going out there. You're going to get killed. Don't have a helmet, don't have pads, don't have protection. No, you, there's a reason you do. Why? Because you're going to get hit. That's just the world, right? In the world, there's adversity. But, but the fact is, we don't have to go down. We walk in victory in spite of that. So there can be all kinds of arrows coming against you, and you're just, they're just being quenched by the shield of faith. Wearing a helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shoes shod with the gospel of peace. So... You're prepared for anything that comes your way. <laughs> it's not a popularity contest. I mean, you'll have friends, of course. You'll have friends in the church. But in the world, we're out there to reach people. You'd also, also look at your neighbor and say, smile. If you're going to engage people, you sure want to smile, right? You're engaging them with good news. You want to smile. Uh, you want to tell them how good God is, Right? John 15, again in verse 16, you're ordained to bring forth fruit. So God's plan for you and I is that we can reach each individually, the world we're in. We're all in the world, but the world you're in, your life, your family, the people you see that you engage. God ordained that you and I would bring forth fruit for his glory. God ordained to use us. You can pray, yeah, someone else might have an opportunity, wonderful. But say, he wants to use me. He wants to use me. And don't think that, again, don't think about all the other things. Just be, you're normal. You are who you are. You're, you're blessed. You're talented. You have giftings. You can do stuff, right? You can do all kinds of things. Remember uh, in the book of Acts, and it was... Uh, Name left me for a second, but it'll come back. Anyway, she was a good seamstress. She was a good sewer. Dorcas, yeah, yeah, okay. And she, she, she could sew garments. You know, a lot of people don't even sew anymore, do they? Jeannie's been sewing on things at home and stuff like that. But hey, hey, there's everything you can think of talents. Some people are good mechanics and so forth. That's good. Their fingers are dirty with grease or something like that, but they understand mechanics. Hallelujah. 
Some people understand computers. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, God can use you for His glory to impact other people. And that's why we're here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, our daughter cooks and... So, so her house is like a uh, smorgasbord. People coming through from all nationalities. Just amazing. Will come to her house to eat. <laughs> Including some are Christians, some are non-Christians, some are Muslims. So she has food for whoever. And yet, and yet there's no, there's no, no exemptions. You can't come here. No, no, there's no, nothing like that. Of course, you can't bring drugs or those sorts of things. But people just come through. Oh, okay, now what's your name? And they're eating. Food bill enormous. Every week. Every week. It's amazing. And people will come by, and some people will end up sleeping on the couch. Invariably, there might be, we could be over there and someone else comes up. Oh, hi, who are you now? It's wonderful to see. It's a mission. Now, you think, now our daughter's a pharmacist. She's got her doctorate degree in pharmacy. But her ministry's in baking. And she ministers to people, I mean, more. She does do some in the pharmacy as well, but baking and hospitality and so forth, like that. I mean, she said these parents come, you know, full Muslim garb and stuff will come and, and come into their house just to see, my kids are coming here, I want to see your house. And she'll show them and she'll show them, teach them how to maybe bake banana bread or something like that and stand in her kitchen. God wants to use you. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Whatever your talents, he wants to use you. This is a great time to be alive, amen? It's a great time to reach our world. People are asking all kinds of questions. <laughs> but I really want to focus on what's really important. Amen. So let's lift our hands here. Lord, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for empowering us to be witnesses for you. I thank you, Lord, that you use each one of us. And in this room and people listening online even right now, use each one of us in special ways for your glory. Whatever Maybe talents or whatever you've given us, Lord. We thank you for using each one of us for your glory and honor. And I thank you, Lord, for this anointing. I thank you, Lord, that each one can reach one. I thank you, Jesus, that people will see that Christians are happy. And that they're filled with joy and peace and hope in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for this anointing. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you for using me. Say thank you for giving me the words. Say, thank you for using my talents. Say, all for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.